It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Super Bowl is coming up, so we have to offer our takes on the big game today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to issue a big thank you, shout out, and welcome to our everydayers. Those of you who make us your first listen every single day, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. And use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Joe, Super Bowl fifty eight preview show. You and me, starting with kind of the bread and butter of this show. I'm very excited. Yeah, man. How the do these teams? In this show is how are these teams put together? Yeah, we're gonna do that. A lot of thoughts on that, Kyle. Right Grabs a lot of thoughts on that. So let's. Let's start with your biggest. You made the request for this to be the first thing we talked about today on the show. So I assume you have a lot of things that you want to get off your chest, which I will grant you the chance to do here and now. Well, I I think what's fascinating about these two teams and how they got here is that there's very, very different paths in terms of their core philosophies for team building, where I think the Chiefs have been very deliberate about accumulating some early draft capital and not like early in the first round, but early picks, right? They've been willing to move on from some talent. They've been really willing to reset certain parts of their roster where the chiefs or excuse me, the 49ers have been reluctant to pick early in the draft and have been more than willing to part with premium draft capital to go get players. Right. So I think at their core, you've seen a a big difference uh, in that regard, but as maybe we we focus in on the Chiefs to start this, one thing that has become really, really apparent to me, and I've already referenced this, is the willingness of Kansas City to reset and not put themselves in positions where they're overly committed to players and they are willing to put younger players in those spots. And I think certainly having Patrick Mahomes helps with your ability to do that. But throughout this tremendous run by Kansas City, you've seen them completely redo their offensive tackles, redo their interior offensive line, redo their wide receivers, redo their secondary. Like just literally in a year, they flush the whole thing and have new players in there, which allows them to perpetually be younger and cheaper, which helps them uh, navigate the world of the salary cap while paying Patrick Mahomes lots of money and paying Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey and other really good players lots of money. Their ability to offset that by resetting and allowing young players to fill spots, I think is a big reason why Kansas City is able to find themselves in this position once again. 
Yeah, there's there's no question. I mean, you you just look at 2020 and more recently than that class specifically, where Kansas City in 2020, that draft class is often associated with, wow, they swung and missed on a running back in the first round with Clyde edwards helaire They got a starting linebacker in Willie Gay, and they got LeJarrius Sneed in the fourth round. They get a rotational pass rusher, Mike Dana, in the same class, right? 2021, you got Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith in the same draft class. Unbelievable, right? 2022 was McDuffie, Karloftis, Brian Cook, Josh Williams at corner, Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, and Jalen Watson's gotten some run at corners. Huge, well. huge. Right? That's one draft class. <laughs> huge. That's like three yeah. consecutive draft classes. And then, by the way, this year you've got uh, Rasheed Rice, who stepped up and, and played a really critical role for this team down the stretches, like the best perimeter wide receiver on the team mm-hmm. after the first month of the season. So it's just on an annual basis. And, you know, Trey Smith was a sixth-round pick. LeJarrius Snee was a fourth-round pick. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh round. There's examples of these hits, not just with the early picks, but the volume of picks that you've made. And then you contrast that with San Francisco. Uh, Who are the two best players from each draft class San Francisco's made since 2020? Um, Okay, so since 2020? Yep, so it's Kinlaw, Ayuk, McKivitz, Warner, and Juwan Jennings was the class of 2020. So all contributors, and some of those are good starters for them? Okay, now 2021, Trey Lance, Aaron Banks, Trey Sermon, Ambry Thomas, Jalen Moore, Diamador Lenore, Talanoa Hafunga, Elijah Mitchell. A starter in Aaron Banks, Diamador Lenore, a starter, Hufanga's a stud. Obviously, he's hurt. You got contributors here. Contributors, but the magnitude of the – I, I want to drive home the point of the, the discrepancy in how big of contributors the, the key players of the draft classes are. They're starters, but they're not assets in the way that, that Kansas City's getting right, assets. Right, right. Right. 2022, Drake Jackson, Tyrion Davis-Price, Danny Gray, Spencer Burford, Samuel Womack, Nick Zackles, Kalia Davis, Tariq Castrofields, Brock Purdy. So that's my question for you. As this year's draft class was Jair Brown. Jake Moody, Cameron Latu, Daryl Luter, Robert Beal, D. Winters, Braden Willis, Ronnie Bell, Jalen Grant. What does San Francisco look like if Brock Purdy was not Mr. Irrelevant and their pick with the last three draft classes, 2021, 2022, and 2023? What does this team look like if Brock Purdy's not a part of that mix? It's a fascinating question. Um, I think you can look at the inventory of quarterbacks in the past and realize that they've, you know, they got to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. They've had some success with some plug-in guys like Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. But, you know, obviously Brock Purdy's a huge part of this and it's the team making the trade that they did for Trey Lance and it it flaming out like it did. That's, that's typically going to set most teams back, right? Considerably, maybe even multiple years. Um, it didn't matter for this team. Um, I think San part of that San Francisco will be dead last in the league in cash spending at quarterback next year. By the way, their quarterback room currently is on the books for one million dollars. Yeah, they they've also have offset that with. I mean, they do have some hits later in the draft and the contributors that are are low cost, but they've offset that with some with some pricey players like a Hargrave, right? You know, and, 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 and that's they, that's the core divide between the two teams. 
Well, they also drafted a lot of these players that just wasn't recently in George Kittle and uh, Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel and Bryant, Brandon Ayuk. But they've, you know, they've also d- traded for Christian McCaffrey, signed mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave, right? But there's there's been a, a good mix. Trent Williams, huge piece of what this this team is. Sending away DeForest Buckner and resetting the money there at defensive tackle. I know that Javon Kinlaw hasn't been that answer, but between Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave, they've they've kind of got that figured out. So I think that I, this is what it all boils down to for me. Very different paths to get here. But it, what it really comes down to is is just being right. Like being right with your personnel choices. You can stock up on early picks. You can trade for veteran. You can do all kinds of different stuff. You just got to be right about it. Pick the right players with whatever path you choose to make. And you get a get-out-of-jail-free card with the trade that you made at San Francisco at quarterback and then the hit that you get with Brock Purdy, who has totally transcended draft position and been the kind of player that they probably hoped that they were going to get when they made the investment that they did for, for Trey Lance. Just had a random thought. How many uh, the 49ers have to be the team in the NFL with the most different quarterbacks to get them to the Super Bowl? Kaepernick, Purdy, Garoppolo, Young, Montana. I mean, do, do, do other teams have that many different quarterbacks? That how many played? how many teams have played in that many Super Bowls? Right, I, it's you know, it's there's a volume component there that they get a rep every two times they go, they get a different yeah. If you're a 40-year-old 49ers fan, good for you. Good right. for you. <laughs> it's been a great run in the world of professional football in your fandom. So I think the one the ways that they put their teams together is fairly different. But I do think that you see some parallels from like a positional spending perspective outside of the quarterback position where these are two teams that oh, even Christian McCaffrey right now, they they're spending at the skill players mm-hmm. outside of, you know, I think you look at the offensive lines. Let's start there. Let me get my thoughts collected here. Kansas City spent at tackle and they spent with Joe Thune. They've had two of the more successful big money contracts to be given out to free agencies in the last 10 years with the Joe Thune signing. Jawan Taylor is looking like a not successful signing, but they got. Rookie contracts with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Uh, Donovan Smith was here on a one-year, $3 million deal. You foil that with San Francisco where there's a big money player in Trent Williams and a bunch of rookie contracts as well. There's some parallels there. They both invest at the tight end position with top contracts at the, at the tight end position. Uh, the defensive line, they've got first-round picks and big contracts on the defensive line. They've got linebacker cores that are more diverse and rangy than the vast majority of linebacker groups across the league. Mm-hmm. So I, there's parallels along the way. And that's the fascinating and fun part is how differently they got there with how many, all the different players that are in the mix for both of these teams. Is there one you like better? Just from a team building, I mean. Yeah, give give me a a bona fide top one quarterback in the NFL (laughs) and a slew of draft picks. Right. So I have the confidence that I can continue to get rookie contracts and and churn that out. I think that's, you feel a lot better about that model 
where San Francisco, at some point, they're going to have to flip the switch and do it the other way. Yeah, and what happens? Let's let's be. What's Brock Purdy's contract going to be? Huge, right? right? Back to back NFC championships to the Super Bowl. I mean, this guy's going to get paid. And right. and how does how does this look when they're committing massive amounts of their cap to a quarterback, especially one that maybe isn't quite the guy that elevates people around him, but I mean certainly winning more and more people over all the time with some of those gritty moments and you know they'll have to they'll have to evolve right you have to it's, yep. it's, it's everything's sick yeah yeah all sick all right we got more to get to here eventually we're going to make a pick we're going to talk about some interesting stuff here in just a second so be sure to stick with us but folks are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further ever wonder what adventures could be around the next corner our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for just about anything. And gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. The 2024 Nissan Armada will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, previewing the game, you have this really interesting contrast of people picking the game versus the spread itself of the game. (laughs) San Francisco's favored by two and a half on FanDuel. I believe it's the last number that I saw this morning. Yep. Um, just about everywhere you pull up for like analyst predictions of the game, Kansas City, in, in what I have found, has an overwhelming advantage. ESPN is an example. Their analysts, they got 64 experts who weighed in on the game, uh, 49 to 15 in favor mm. of Kansas City pick. And that's about in line with what I see in a lot of places that I've been able to find. Mahomes and points, man, in the Super Bowl feels like a pretty good idea to me. Right. Um, to me, when I, I think about who's going to win this game, I think a lot about the 49ers defense and what we saw against Detroit and Green Bay in their path to getting to the Super Bowl. It's looked kind of vulnerable to me, uh, whether it's been the run game or the pass game. Um, I think situational moments have really been more favorable for San Francisco in critical moments than it's been, you know, how their their defense has put them in position to win or not win. And so extra time to prepare Mahomes playing hot, Kelsey playing hot. I get a little nervous about 
what this 49ers defense is going to look like on Sunday night. Yeah, I, I think there's a – the defenses for me, as much as you want to make it about Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan and then Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I think the defenses on both sides really is the story of the game. Kansas City came into this year with the youngest defense in the NFL. Chris yeah. Jones was the only starter on the team from when San Francisco and Kansas City last played in the Super Bowl. Wow. That's like four years. They turned over the whole damn defense. thing. Wow. It's the only start on the defense from the last time that they played. It's incredible. So you have that element for San Francisco where there's been some struggles, but there's the human element of these teams playing again. I don't think they're, they're, the human element tilts one way heavily or another just because you're playing in the Super Bowl, right? Like how how much extra motivation or revenge factor do yeah. you really need to get up for this game, right? Yeah. Um, but Kansas City, with two weeks to prepare, with Steve Spagnolo, and what they have done from a pressure package standpoint this season, they really know how to get after offenses. And you saw... Brock Purdy with extended plays in the NFC Championship game coming in at critical moments down the stretch. But I still really like Kansas City's ability to match personnel with San Francisco. And then you have that element of, do I think Brock Purdy will be a net asset against this defense for 60 minutes with what Spagnolo can do from a pressure standpoint? And I don't have the confidence there for me to feel really good about saying, yeah, I th- I'm going to pick San Francisco. To win the game. Unless there's tackling problems, right? I mean, that's kind of the X factor there, but I, I tend to agree with you. And, and not, not that you go into a game like this and your number one concern is Brock Purdy and scrambles, but I feel like Kansas city is, is a team with, with what they do at linebacker. They play four of them and Bolton and gay tranquil and Chanel. They're very versatile players that they're willing to, you know, they'll, they'll, dial up some pressure stuff with Chanel. They'll, they'll use Gay as a spy. They can do some matchup stuff. Bolton, really good downhill player. They have nice complementary skill sets there, and I think that helps them with the variety of heavy personnel and condensed sets that you're going to get from San Francisco with two backs, you know, multiple tight ends. I think those linebackers, in addition to yep. some of the size that they have on the edges, um, helps, right? It's It's – I, I really do like the idea that San Francisco oftentimes employs that, hey, we're going to have big people against little people in, in the run game. Well, Kansas City, in a lot of ways, can can match that personnel, which I put I think puts them in a really good spot defensively against the 49ers where you think, OK, where has you've seen some vulnerability in the Chiefs defense this year? It's been sometimes running the football, sometimes throwing the ball to tight ends and running backs. You'd feel like San Francisco has that uh, that they could take advantage of. but. I also like how KC can match personnel and then what they have at corner, uh, really good man coverage guys in McDuffie and Legarius Sneed. You know, it's are you it's like, are you are you shadowing Ayuk with Sneed? Because I think that's what I would do. I, I I think you're burning Sneed if you try to mirror him with Debo with all the different places yep. that you put Debo. Yep, and they do that. Sneed's a travel guy. Uh and I think you 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 let you want as much McDuffie on Samuel as possible. And I think you live and that that's what they've done. They've they've done this is how they play other teams, and they live with this rotation of Jalen Watson and Josh Williams as the other corner. And I I mean, 
that's the matchup that you'd love to be able to take advantage of if you could. Um, but the, the 49ers have that guy. I think that can be an important part of the 49ers right. script. And you mentioned the linebackers, the physicality and the range of the linebackers for Kansas City, too. The prospect of containing Debo Samuel is group tackling in space, right? So if it's going to be Watson and Williams kind of platooning on Debo with wherever else he ends up, or even Juwan Jennings is the other like big bodied receiver who gets, gets some run and gets some targets and some big moments for San Francisco. Um, Debo makes so much of his hay with the ball in his hands after the catch. I think those linebackers can help rally and they're physical enough and they're fast enough that they can help overlap and you don't have a true one-on-one matchup to really consistently take advantage of and then let Debo does what he does best. And Joe, we haven't even talked about Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford against Chris Jones. 49ers have kind of figured it out all year, but this is a different cat, right? A little, little, a little different ball game, figuring it out against this dude. And and they they move Chris Jones around, right? So like if there's matchups they like, they're gonna put Chris Jones in those situations. And it's not it's not just him, right? Like Carl Loftus has had a great season. Mm-hmm. You look at a guy like um Mike Dana is super underappreciated player in the league. You know, they got it's not just Chris Jones up front. And of course their pressure looks are really strong as well. They know how to attack a pocket. So I think all that adds up, and I really like Kansas City's personnel matching against San Francisco. When you put the shoe on the other foot, you, you've kind of outlined San Francisco's defensive struggles against Kansas City. I don't know. Kelsey waking up in the playoffs has just been a rebel, and, and it's not structured stuff. It's, oh, I'm, I'm feeling space, and Pat feels space. Yep. And that that goes back to the very first drive against Baltimore where Pat gets off his spot and he laces this ball just to to green grass and Travis feels it and makes this diving catch for a big play. And it's, if you let those guys off the leash and they, they just, it's more about feel you, you have a really hard time being right because it's not about leveraging the route. It's about they're reacting to you. Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey's so tough for defenses because he forces you to break your rules, right? You want to play zone coverage and, you know, your landmarks and where your eyes are supposed to be is different when you play Kelsey because with Kelsey on the field, your eyes have to be on Kelsey. And that creates problems. And I think where you have what makes this Mahomes-Kelsey connection so special is you have a very good quarterback in terms of extending plays and, and navigating the pocket and that allows him to manipulate zone coverage. And what does Kelsey do? He just finds space, right? He's not like he's he's not running a ton of routes. It's not like, oh, you got to deal with the bench route and the over, <laughs> the comeback, dude. He's just finding space. Right. And with that strong middle three, it gives them the time. He's got the pocket depth uh, to, to navigate and work. And so it, he's it's just hard. It's just hard to deal with. And when they're on, like they are right now, good luck. Yeah. So I think first – the story of the game for me comes down to if San Francisco is going to have to, if San Francisco is going to win the game, I think defensively their stars have to take over the game. I think Nick Bosa with a matchup against either one of the tackles has to take over the game. I think the linebackers in Greenlaw and Warner have to be absolute middle of the field monsters for 60 minutes and play like games of their lives. Whereas I think for Kansas City, 
if they're if San Francisco, if they're going to get beat by San Francisco's offense, I think it's the ancillary players that are going to have to do more to win the game. I I think Jawan Jennings and Kyle Juszczyk, I think they have to make some big plays for you in big spots because of how good Kansas City is in leveraging what you want to do and defending it. And they have the personnel to kind of take away your preferred options no matter how you try to cut it, in my mind. I think one one other X factor I want to call out in this game is the kicking game, the the kickers in this one. Harrison Bucker's an unbelievable kicker. Like I, I assume he's going to make every single kick. Jake Moody, rookie from the 49ers, he's, he's yeah, three of three of five in the postseason so far is 84% on the season. Like, if this is going to come down to a big kick, I'm picking Bucker over Modi every single time at this right. point in their career. So little X factor there to be mindful of. All right. We'll uh, we'll give you a pick on the game here and get into some other fun stuff in just a second. So stick with us. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on a 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay. We did the entire game predictions conversation. (laughs) Did we say Christian McCaffrey's name once? Good running back. I guess we talked about him in segment one with team constructions. Obviously, an X factor is Joe Thune's availability. Doesn't sound yeah, promising for his ability to go. Nick Allegretti is going to step into that spot. Uh, so I think that that gives you maybe a little bit of hope if you're San Francisco to have Armstead and Hargrave get a little bit more push on the interior of the pocket. But I still take everything that we said. And my confidence is much higher in... Kansas City with their defense matching up against San Francisco's offense. Two weeks for Steve Spagnolo and Patrick Mahomes. That's it's it's too much for me to pick against Kansas City. So I'm picking Kansas City to win the game. Patrick Mahomes has a Super Bowl week routine. Kyle Krabs, yeah, put me down for the Chiefs. Um, who was it? Was it um, Nico Harvard on Hard Knocks 
they did the prediction. Did you see that with the magician? No. And they asked him who they were going to play in the Super Bowl. What like and so Miko Harmon was on the Jets at the time, right? And he the they bring this magician in on Hard Knocks with the Jets, and they say, um, "Who are you going to play for the last game of the year?" Or whatever and he says, uh, "We're going to play the 49ers. And what's the final score going to be?" And thirty-one uh, twenty-one, I think, was what he said. And the magician turns over the card, and it's got Jets over. 49ers 31 21 final score and like Miko Hardman was the guy that they asked into the prediction well now where's Miko Hardman Chiefs he's on the Chiefs so they asked Miko Hardman who they were going to play in the last game of the season and maybe Miko Hardman with the magician was answering mm. the question for the Chiefs because that was the team he was going to finish the year with not start the year with so you can give me 31 21 as a final score Ooh. game Oh, you're going. Uh, I think that's that's uh, uh, incredible logic. Yeah. Uh, I'll say 28 24. Oh, so you think it's going to be close, close? No, no, no. It's 28 24, but it's like they, it's, it's really 28 uh, to 17. 17, and they score with three minutes left in the game okay. or something like that. Yeah, cool. yeah. We can only be so lucky to be three minutes and have a one score game, right? Right. Make All it right. Easy. Kyle, there's other stuff going on with the Super Bowl. Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. Usher at halftime. I'm pretty excited about that. What's what's, the, what's your thoughts on um like all the money that that's being spent on the halftime show and Usher's not taking and I think this was the case last year for the halftime performance too, but like artists are leveraging the halftime performance show for impressions and exposure and not getting paid to do the halftime show. Why can't you get both? Well, and also like dude, you're Usher like, mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. is the younger generation really that mm-hmm. uncultured that, like, you need mm-hmm. to get out in front mm-hmm. of a bunch of, what is it, Gen Z? Is that the new one? I don't know. I don't know. Like, whoever the 18 to 24 demographic is now and, like, reintroduce yourself to a whole new generation of, of people. Like, is is it that bad? Like, you're Usher, man. I have a really hard time thinking that. Yeah, but we look at Usher differently, dude. This was this was the soundtrack of our middle school and high school dances, brother man. I, right. This is a different world. Um, are our eighteen year olds right now? Are they familiar with uh with the with the song catalog? And, and the I mean, that, it's a genuine question. I don't yeah, know, I, brother. You think I have a clue? I have no idea. But but they the should get acquainted. Usher put out an album was. It's been a, well, you know that the. I think he just put out a song. It showed up in my uh, Spotify. New Music Friday this past week. It didn't sound too good to me, but the dude's got bangers, man. Uh, yeah, he just put out a, a single, Ruin. Yeah. yeah, it's not too good. Off of Coming Home, looks like the album. So I guess we're putting out an album this year. Uh, I'm excited. You're I, Usher, right? That's exciting for you. I think it's... Uh, it releases, His album releases tomorrow. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah, that's yeah, what you do. You that's what you do. He's he's gonna be okay. He's gonna make a few bucks. Oh, that that's the leverage play that makes sense. Is I'm gonna yeah. go on? I'm gonna play all my hits. I'm gonna play two new songs off the new album that just dropped on Friday, and then everybody's gonna hear it at the Super Bowl halftime. And that's how I'm gonna. Okay, it makes a little bit more sense knowing that he's dropping an album tomorrow. Could you think of a more different person to sing the national anthem than Reba McIntyre? No, I I love. Okay. I love country music and I especially love nineties country music. Reba's not like my favorite. I met Reba once. Did you? I I met Reba once in, was it Austria? 
Oh God. <laughs> let me let me get out of the way here, Kyle Krabs. Break, Hold on. Break I need down. you to filibuster for 30 seconds so I can get my information right. Kyle Krabs we saved we're 30 minutes and 40 seconds into this podcast, and Kyle is gonna break out a meeting Reba McIntyre in Austria conversation. And hopefully, I don't. What is what is Google going to tell you? What do you? What could you possibly need, be looking up right now? I need to right make now? sure I get the the logistics right of where we were. Oh, you want to make sure that this city is really because you. I know you had some global travels as a as That's a wee right. land. When I was in, when I was a teenager, we yeah. took a couple trips overseas. My parents thought it was really important for us to get out and see the world, and we were fortunate enough that 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 was something that was realistic for us. So we went to um, China for a week. We went to. Uh, Germany, Austria, Switzerland it was like a 10 day like bus tour through AAA, I think it was like across like Western Europe. <laughs> and we went to uh, Jungfrau in, was it Austria? Kyle, if you told me to say a, a city in Austria, I couldn't tell you. Excuse me, it was, it was, it was Switzerland? Switzerland. Okay. Still and there's like, a, there's a castle there, right? There's like an ice palace in the glacier where you get to walk through. An ice and, palace, like Elsa yeah. from Frozen. Google the ice palace in Jungfrau. I've, uh, okay, Ice Palace. I'm doing this right now. Uh, it's J U N G F R A U. Oh, yeah. I would have never spelled that. Oh, this is literally where Frozen was. Okay, this is terrific. Right, there's, there's an ice palace in the glacier, and you walk around, mm. and it's right all this stuff. And there's a restaurant there, and we were eating at the restaurant, and three tables down from us was Reba McIntyre. So I was like 12. I didn't know who Reba was, but like my parents knew. So we just like went over and said hello, and that was it. So that that's the story. But long story short, to say I met met Reba one time. Yeah, at the Ice Palace in Switzerland. This is incredible. <laughs> I thought my my Luke Keekley story in Bozeman, Montana, was pretty. That's good. pretty I mean, cool. This that's is. Pretty, something. I, I would rather have Luke Keekley in Bozeman, Montana, than I don't know, man. Than Reba at the Ice Palace. <laughs> um. Yeah, you could have given me Dolly Parton though. I would have rather had Dolly Parton after that. We just we got Dolly, didn't we? She was oh, was it Thanksgiving? I know it's why I wanted her again. Understandable, understandable. Now we get uh, Reba. Take the over on the national anthem. She's going to draw that out, man. She sings slow, so that's going to take a minute. Um, commercials. uh, Well, I don't know. I'll try to. I'm usually on Twitter during the commercials, so I'm not sure how many of those I'll see. I wish I cared. Right, like we already got the Paramount commercial with drew barrymore and tua and i guess that was the big hit we'll call that a super bowl commercial and be like oh that was my favorite super bowl commercial I had drew barrymore and tua and um sir what's his name patrick stewart throwing hey arnold up up a glacier like yeah. that was cool that was it well, well, I wonder, I our quarterbacks them. are uniting over paramount commercials peppa pig and josh allen we got- your, he he bombed peppa right like he threw her no, he didn't throw Peppa. No, Who, it was. I think there was a transformer that tried to throw something and it didn't work hmm. out. Yeah, I don't know. The faces at, of the league. They Josh Allen threw a tongue of a law. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe one day we'll get to talk about them in the Super Bowl. You know, instead right, of instead uh, of commercials. Yeah, yeah, That'd be cool. yeah. That'd be cool. Just let mine go first, and then you can. Have mm, no, 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 no. Um. So we have a couple parlays over at. Uh, FanDuel and the, the Parlay Hub that I know we're 
we're over. But yeah, Ross Jackson, back to back days. Preview. We're gonna go. So, over, like, somebody just, commented on YouTube said, "Who's Ross Jackson?" Well, our boss. Our it's boss. our boss. <laughs> Tells us to make these shows hey, under. We want to keep minutes. it thirty minutes, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a four pick parlay in the parlay hub over FanDuel for plus six nineteen. And it's Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown, Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown, and both Mahomes, Brock Purdy, plus 250 passing yards. Feels like you like good, it or not. Yeah, I like that. 250 plus for both of them is, is where I get a little, little apprehensive on that one. I would agree, but it's, I would it's not still good play, odds. I would not play this one for plus 619. Okay. Uh, four-player anytime touchdown combo for more than double the odds, plus 1263. I like this one more for the, the payout potential. McCaffrey, Pacheco, Kelsey, and Debo Samuel anytime touchdowns parlay. Yeah, plus? Plus 1263. Ooh, yeah, for 1263, you, that's good. Yeah, you, you bet $10, you win $126. This that, one's not... That's talking my language. This one's not bad, plus 435. Kittle, 40 receiving yards. Mahomes, 225 passing yards. Kelsey, touchdown. McCaffrey, touchdown. I t- I take that one in a heartbeat as well. Yeah. Check out uh, I, got, I got one more for you. Okay. It is plus 884. Pacheco, 60 plus rushing yards. Kelsey, seven plus receptions. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, touchdown. Debo Samuel, touchdown. At plus 884. I like that it's seven plus touchdown uh, receptions for mm-hmm. Kelsey because I yep. feel like seven's probably a good number. If you told me you had to get it was seven and a half, I don't know if I'd like it. Yeah. So there's some some popular parlays in the parlay hub over at FanDuel. But get some out. good plays. Check it out. That's going to do it for us for our Super Bowl 58 preview show here on Locked on NFL Scotty. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube. Or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, uh, our apologies to Ross Jackson for today's show going over. But uh, we got a lot of content to cover. We had to talk about Reba, yeah, Young Frau. Didn't, didn't expect the Austria or the, the Ice Palace story here. You know that's what set <laughs> well, us over. That's gonna do it for us. We're out of here. We'll be back again tomorrow for more conversation. Come on back and see us. We're out of here. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.